Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? On today's show, I got a real treat. We got a guy that sure seems to go lead everything. From what I could tell, he is a serial entrepreneur, started companies, currently owns and has bought and sold companies, everything from oil and gas to waste management to home building, one of which was a Texas gathering crude oil trading company with $750 million in annual revenues. Started it with one truck that he drove himself and sold to private equity 13 years later. Has a real estate portfolio, stock portfolio. He's married, five kids, three of which are adopted. I'm excited to learn more about that. And he's a fitness nut. He trains daily, weights running, recently began MMA training. He's playing around with YouTube, so you better go subscribe to his channel, My Big Dumb Life channel on YouTube. Excited to talk today with my friend, Travis Davis. Travis, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. So, Tell us your entrepreneur journey, man. I was reading some of your bio information when I was doing my research and, you know, it, it just was super impressive, all the different things that you've done. And I couldn't even come close to listing them all in the intro. So, you know, wh- where'd you start out, man? How did you begin down this road to entrepreneurship? Um, well, when I was pretty young, um, I got out of high school and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I think my priorities were probably chasing girls or whatever, just like everybody that's 18 years old. And um, I was getting into some trouble and doing things I wasn't supposed to do. And um, my mom actually uh, took me to my grandfather and she's like, you know, you got to do something with this kid. And uh, it was, it was a funny conversation because, you know, she's telling him all this and, and he's like, you know, go pack your bags. And I'm like, well, where are we going? And he's like, go pack your bags. And I'm like, well, how long? I'm, you know, I need to know what to pack. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to keep telling you to go pack your bags. Right. And uh, he kind of, you know, he kind of took me in and, um, and uh, kind of taught me a lot of things the hard way. Um, and I, and it actually was a huge benefit for me um, to have somebody um, because he was an entrepreneur. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur and just to have somebody that, um, could kind of ignite that in me. Um, I, I lived, um, I didn't live with him, but, uh, I worked with him every day, um, for a few years. I learned a whole bunch from him. Actually, I've heard you talk about a lot on, on your show, but, uh, rich dad, poor dad, it was a book he gave me when I was, I think, 18. And it changed my life. Um, It it really did. It changed my life. And so a few years later, in 2002, I was, I think I was 20 years old, maybe 21. Um, I started my first company. 
and I grew that company for 13 years. It was everything, everything in my life other than my family. I lived it, breathed it, slept it, worked so hard. Um, I drove a truck and at night I would, I would work on my truck, do mechanic stuff and cold call people and try to build my business. And, and, uh, it grew into a really big company. You know, it was, it was, uh, I don't want to say it was bigger than I thought it would be because it was actually kind of a lot like I thought it would be, but, uh, I grew this company for 13 years and then, um, you know, you get to a point where you're just working all the time and, and you, you get tired of stuff and a private equity group called me up and they hit it just at the right time. And I was kind of getting worried about the market at the time. Cause this was 2014. Um, and I remember well, it was like uh, over a hundred dollars or something. And I remember thinking like, this just can't keep going on forever. This is crazy. And, um, Anyway, uh, I agreed to, to sell it to them, and a year later, we actually closed on it. It took it took way longer than I thought it would. Wow. Um, so it was a it was a long process, but uh, that that's the story. You know, everybody kind of loves. Um, that's the biggest business I ever owned. We probably had a little over a hundred employees, maybe one hundred and ten employees, something like that. Sure. Which you know, there's there's obviously much bigger companies, but uh, for a guy like me with no formal education and um, to build something like that um, was, was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to watch it. Um, it was hard to sell it. I'm glad I did, but at the time it was very hard to sell it. Yeah. Well, you said your dad yeah. and your grandpa were both entrepreneurs. What, what did they do? Um, they were, they were in a few different things. Um, kind of before I came along, they were in, um, they had a packing house. So, uh, you know, like basically like meat packing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then later they were in the oil business and various, various different things, backing truck companies and, you know, oil wells and stuff. And that, that's actually how I got introduced to the, to the business. And it's really kind of a funny story. Like um, when I went to work for my grandfather, um, he had me helping pump oil wells and uh, help on his ranch and stuff. And, sure. and, uh, and so I got to know a lot of people in that business and there was a company at the time that was buying oil and, and they said, you know, you know, everybody, if you would uh, help us buy oil in the area, we'll split the, the commission with you. Okay. And uh, they said, you know, it's, it's, it's like 50 cents a barrel or something. And so I go around and I, I sell a bunch of people on doing this deal. And the company that um, was supposed to pay me the commission, they would never pay me. And so finally, I just said, you know what? I, I think I'm just going to go get a truck and do this myself. And that's how, like, that's kind of how I got into the business. You know, it, wow. it was it, it was really ridiculous. But I think a lot of that is, you know, uh, people's first business. A lot of times, they don't really pick where they're going. An opportunity just presents itself, and they take it. You know, I think a lot about like Mark Cuban, you know, like he could have easily been worth like $5 million if he, you know, uh, was growing up around a different industry. You know what I mean? Like something like tech could just really blow you up, you know, but uh, he could have worked just as hard and made good decisions and been worth four or five million bucks if it was a completely different industry. You know, if he grew up around a quarry and he had a gravel hauling business, right? Like right. he's not going to be a billionaire, but it's kind of the same deal, you know? Interesting. That's interesting perspective. So your, 
you said you got your mom told you you got to go hang out with your grandpa and your, and your grandpa told you to pack your bags. What, uh, um, what, what was your family life like? Where did you grow up with your mom and your dad or why, why did you go uh, so, off with your grandpa? Well, my dad died when I was, you know, maybe 16 or something. Oh, wow. So grandfather was like kind of the father figure at that point. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't say I was a bad kid or anything like that. Um, I was doing what teenagers do, you know, and yeah. I think my mom just had enough of my, my stuff. So, yeah. and, and we get along great now, you know, but yeah, growing up, um, mom and dad and then dad died. So just mom. Yeah. I had to, I had to really impact you, man. And, uh, so you, your yeah. business was like four, four years later, you started your business after that, right? You were like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And you know, it's funny, like you say that, um, I, I, I say a lot, like a lot of entrepreneurs, like they wouldn't be entrepreneurs if they got therapy. And, um, there's so <laughs> many people that I've met and I go, man, uh, what's the, what was your relationship with, like with your dad, you know, and you can just tell you kind of hit a nerve because, um, it wasn't there or whatever. And, and a lot of them have something that drives them. And, and for me, that was, that was a big part of it, you know? So, yeah, so for sure. Interesting, man. That's really interesting. I really like how you said that, you know, you got to take advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself. And I think, you know, for me and most of my life, I, it was kind of, it, it was opportunities, but it was more like, you know, what, whatever came my way. And, and I wasn't in a circle where I was around opportunity, like entrepreneur opportunity, but I don't know if it is, I wasn't around it or if I just didn't have eyes to see it. And you mentioned, you know, the, the book by Robert Kiyosaki kind of changed your life. Like, did you have entrepreneurial tendencies before that or? I, I didn't know it. I didn't know I did. I didn't know what they were. And, 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 you know, I, I tell this to people sometimes um, when we're talking about this kind of stuff is I can remember the exact moment that I realized that this was a path I could take. Right. And that, that's kind of like, people don't think about that, you know, but like when you're growing up, you have people that come to your school and they're like, you know, you can be a firefighter or you can go to the army or you can do all this. Right. And they're telling you about all these careers and all these things you can do, but it's more rare that somebody is like, you could go out and start a business of your own just because I think entrepreneurs a lot of times are just more private. You think you're bragging or, or for whatever reason. Um, but uh, for, for me, I can remember the conversation where I thought, this is a person I know. This is a real, a real thing that I could do. Um, this person, they, they don't have some kind of magical quality or anything like that. I mean, I could do this, Yeah. you know, and, and it changed. And I, I have been driven ever since then. And looking back at things I did before that conversation, I say, Oh, wow. I think all the pieces were there. I just didn't really have the permission to go do it. You know, like I didn't realize that I could actually do that. So for me, that having that person in my life um, was a key thing. You know, I could have yeah. just as easily been working somewhere. You know, did you ever have a job? Um, when I sold my business, I had to I had to work for the guys for three months, and <laughs> I bet that was an adjustment. Oh my gosh! It was well, you know, <laughs> private equity. I have a lot of opinion uh, opinions on private equity, but. I think it's interesting when somebody buys a company that really doesn't have any 
assets that give it a competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. um, and then they want to change the way you do a bunch of stuff. You know, I, I just don't, I didn't understand that. And, and finally, I, you know, after three months um, working for those guys, I said, you know, I just think you guys must be way smarter than me because a lot of this stuff you're doing just sounds crazy. Um, and I said, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go take care of my cows and find something else to do. So that's what I did. Um, and those guys, you know, like I said, there's, there's good and bad everything, you know what I mean? But with private equity, there's good and bad. Yeah. Those guys bought me, they turned right around, took on a bunch of debt and three years later they would claim bankruptcy. You know I mean? It's, it's, wow. <laughs> it's sad, but it happens every day. You know, they go in, they buy a company, they type, take on debt, they pay a huge valuation for a company, wow. uh, pay way more than it's worth. And, uh, it's kind of sad, but, yeah. Did that bother you? Does it bug you knowing that? Uh, Just kind of eat at you a little bit. It, 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 it depends on what day you caught me. You know? <laughs> um, when you when you build something like that and it's your baby, yeah. you, you know, there's a part of you that's like, if I can't have it, you know, hope it. I kind of hope it crashes and burns. You know, but, <laughs> but then there's another part of you that that is like, you know. I want it to live on forever. So it just depends on the day, you know, oh, um, man. And, and I called it, I called it, you know, when I sold it, um, I, I told my vice president, I said, no, it's not going to take long. These guys are going to go out of business. Um, it was just so ridiculous. The way, the way people act when they're spending other people's money is yeah. just so ridiculous. You know, one of the things you said in your story that really kind of stuck out to me is you said that when you started that business, you got bigger than you thought it would be. And then you kind of corrected yourself and said, actually, you know, it, it was exactly what, what you thought it would be. So what, what gave you that vision for what it could become? How, how did you see into the future, what it could become and how long did it take to really start taking off? Like, like through that process of 13 years, like when did it really start taking off to where you could see it was going to become what you thought? Um, well, that's a lot of questions. Um, but as far as how did I think, you know, how did I know it was going to look like that? Or, or how did I think it was going to look like that? Um, I think it's like the CEO's job to have a dream and to tell the story. And I try to surround myself with people that are smarter than me that can help me bring that dream to life. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's really important to have people that are strong at things that you're not and, and try to, you know, try to make that story real. Um, and when I started that business, um, I just, I just said, you know, I think I can, I think I can build this great business. I was a dreamer, you know, I just, I was reading entrepreneur book after entrepreneur book. Um, I had huge dreams. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna conquer the world, you know, and I'm still like that today. Like you talk, you're like, you know, what about this business? I'm like, this is, this is the vision I had and this is how that's going. Um, what was that? You asked a couple other things. Well, I was just curious, like, when did it take off? Like, like it, a 13 year oh, journey, well, like how did it start slow? Was, did mean, it take it off was, quick? What was it, was it like? No, it was right off. And I'll tell you something. There's something really, really powerful about a 20 year old kid coming and knocking on your door, hat in hand and saying, you know, I'm trying to get this business going. Help me. You know what I mean? Like I would go to customers and I, I would, you know, say, 
look, I'm trying to get this thing going. I'm, I'm a young guy. Like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to do everything that you need me to do. And there's certain customers that would relate to that. And there's certain customers that would just blow you off immediately. Normally, the customers that would blow you off immediately are like the really big companies. You know, they're like, we don't want to deal with you. We want to deal with the big guy. That's fine. Whatever. Mom and the pops. You know, they're like, man, I kind of like that kid. You know, he came over here and he seems like a good kid. And, and you know, like they throw you a bone, you know, and you have 12 guys throw you a bone and like all of a sudden you got something going. And if you have a really low cost of living and you know, you're the only employee, like you really got something going. Um, so in the beginning, it was, I mean, it took right off. You know, I would say the first year I was in business, I probably made over 200 grand like net. Um and it was probably year four or five that got hard because there's kind of a hump when you're when you're growing a business those early stages like if i if i had to start over today and you said can you go make 100 grand a year there's about a zillion things i think i could go do and do that right if it's just me right but when you start building out a management team and everything there's kind of this hump you get to and you're like man you know, I, we've doubled or tripled the size of the company and I, I was making this much money when it was just me, you know, but then once you get past that hump, that's when the real money starts coming, you know? So probably for me, year four or five was really, really hard. Um, I actually thought about selling a few times just to kind of, I was like, man, I'm like working my tail off all the time. I'm, I'm not making any money. Um, but once we got over that hump, you know, it was like all of a sudden we just were making a lot of money. Um, and it, it became a lot of fun. So sure. When you're, when you're bringing new people on, you know, you said it grew to what a hundred some odd people and you know, you're building out a management team, you know, you, you started this as a 20 year old kid. And, and so, you know, you're three, four, five, you're 23, four or five. And, and, you know, like pretty impressive that a guy that age would, would have the wherewithal to build out a team like that. You know, how, how did you get that knowledge? How did you get those skills? You know, was it a lot of uh, learning the hard way for you or was it all the books? And uh, things? No, I mean, I would say probably two, two things. Um, one I read, I still, you know, I, I feel like I'm like a filter and I'm looking for information streams all the time. And then I'm trying to filter out what I want to keep, what I don't. And I've always been like that. You know, I had to, I read account, you know, accounting for dummies and all that stuff. I learned how to use Excel, you know, from YouTube. And I mean, so like everything, it's just like, there's gotta be a way to learn this. I can learn this. Let's do this. But as far as building out the management team, you know, I can remember right around the time where I, I really had to start building out a strong management team. Um, it was just chaos. You know, my business was growing. Um, I had a, my accountant, he told me, he, you know, he said, I've never seen a business grow like this. This is just crazy. Like it's year over year, hundred percent growth for multiple years. He's like, this is nuts. And there was all kinds of problems with the business. Right. And I'm watching uh, TV on a Saturday and the show comes on. If you've ever seen the show with John Taffer bar rescue and, uh, <laughs> they're having a marathon of this show, you know, and I've never seen it. And I start watching this show and in every episode, it's kind of the same thing. He goes in and he looks around and he's like, you're the problem. You need to accept responsibility. And he makes them, he makes them admit like basically everything under me 
is my responsibility. Yeah. And I said, you know, this chaos is mine. And how do I fix this? And I thought about that for a long time. And, and people are equipped with certain things and then certain things they can add on. But people are wired a certain way. And even like now I've done a lot of stuff. I feel like I'm always fighting certain tendencies. I've learned to cope with them, but they are, they, you know, that's who I am. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually went to a guy. We weren't friends at the time, but it was a guy that was in the business. I went and met with him and he was a salesman at a refinery. And I said, do you know that you're not a salesman? And he said, well, I've got some business cards and a paycheck that kind of disagree with that, you know? And, and I said, no, but like, that's not who you are. I said, you're, you're a manager. Like you just don't know it yet. And I said, I want you to come and be my vice president. And I told him like cards on the table. I was like, it's a mess. Like we're growing so fast that we can't keep up. There's so many problems. It's so bad. I said, but I think there's something great there. I know there's something great there. And if you don't come, I'm probably going to like go out of business because I'm just, you know, like a guy like me will opportunity to the moon. And then, you know, one day like something bad happens and, you know, you're way out of your skis. Right. So I need a counterbalance. And anyway, he, he thought about it and he said, yeah, you know, I, I, I'll do it. And he came to work for me. And I remember for about two months, he said, just kind of leave me alone. Let me look around. Let me learn things, you know? And then one day um, we met in his office and he said, I can make you more money by fixing all the things wrong with your business than you could by doubling the size of it. And I said, I believe it. And one by one, we went through this list of things and we started correcting things and we started fixing things. And I learned so much and, and he had the benefit of working for big companies. So a lot of things it was like copy paste from there. Um, and he, on top of that, he just, he had a real knack for uh, process and details and things like that. And so it was kind of like the dynamic duo at the time because I could do what I was really good at and he was doing what he was really good at. And we were fixing the problems. We were making this great company. Um, we actually hired a, a firm to come in and do an audit on us, like in the late stages of that business. And they came in and they went through all kinds of stuff. And they're supposed to give you a report on accounting and security of your, um, you know, internet and server and all that. And, you know, all the different, you know, safety, all the different facets of your business. And they came back and they, they basically said, you guys are really doing everything right and we don't really have a whole lot of suggestions except you have a lot of people using your company email and i would make sure they're not using the same passwords for facebook that they use for the company email because that's kind of an inroad right and we were like high-fiving because we we're like you know they really didn't like these are like the experts came in and they were like you guys are doing great you know wow um so it was it was good man and and, and that's you know a lot of things in life happen because you realize you're not smart enough or suited uh, perfectly to do that. And you make the decision to um, find somebody that is, you know, I'm a big fan of that. I love that. You, you had the self-awareness to, to know where your strengths were and, and where your weaknesses were, which I think is key. And, and I, you know, we were talking about Tony Watley before the show, he talks about not being afraid to fire yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, 
Like you realize, Hey, yeah. I got a weakness here. Like I'm not a vice president or, or, you know, whatever this salesman was that you went and sought out and kind of gave him a vision for the fact that he had some management skills. He had some leadership skills that you needed in your company and you went and got them. Right. And like the, the best leaders, and, and this is so important because I didn't realize this until like recently, the best leaders are effective recruiters. They recruit effectively to play to their weaknesses so they can play to their strengths and and build up other leaders around them and and it's just like really cool to hear you talk about that right because you know it's a perfect example of you doing that and you probably didn't even think about it you know it sounds like you're just kind of a natural entrepreneur leader of sorts and and um you know i hear you you say things like you you know you basically created a vision for the salesman's future that he didn't see for himself right like he didn't, he yeah. didn't see himself as a vice president of this company, but you, yeah. you believed in him and you saw it, right? You created that vision in his head. Well, to me, it was so obvious, you know, I mean, he just, he was just so perfect to be a manager because like, there's a big difference between an entrepreneur and a manager. And a lot of entrepreneurs think they're great managers and they're not. Um, yeah. And And we joke around, you know, like, we say, you know, like Travis gets to do all the fun stuff. Like when we, when we go into a company, all the employees love me and, you know, like yeah. they, 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 you know, we're, we're clowning around and everything, you know, and it's like the managers though, they're like, they're the bad guys. Right. So, but you know, <laughs> God bless me to be uh, the entrepreneur and not the manager. Um, but, you know, I learned a lot from that guy. I learned, I learned a lot from everybody, but I learned a lot from that guy. Um, and he learned a lot from me. There was a lot of situations that, I'm like, I'm dropping you in the fire, man. Like, this is why I brought you in. You know, I don't know. You know, um, and he became a, a really good manager over a few years. Um, he grew a lot. But that, I mean, that's, that happens all the time. You know, you, you, you try to find the right people. Like, people are everything, you know. Mm -hmm. Or not everything, but they're a huge part of everything. I've got a great team now. Um, some of the businesses that I've been involved in that didn't work out, um, I'm like, you know, I think with a different team that might've worked out. Um, but you know, people are everything. Yeah, man. People are, people are the most important thing and, and most important part of just about everything. So what are you doing now? Yeah. I, I've seen your video you shared with me. I know you're putting out stuff on YouTube and one of them was really teaching your kids some entrepreneurial principles, which I thought was really cool. Most parents are, you know, like my parents, right? I come up from an employee family. So I learned hard work. I come from a very hardworking family and, and I learned hard work, but I, I learned it in a way that wasn't, you know, an entrepreneurial sort of business owner way. And, and you're, you're teaching your kids a little differently, which I thought was kind of cool. So what, what are you doing and, and what are you teaching your kids about entrepreneurship early on? Um, Well, I talk a lot about my, you know, about business and money and stuff with my kids in the video you're talking about. Um, so every kid I've had, when they got to be about 10 years old, we open a pop-up cookie store. That's one of the things we do. Right. Um, and I started doing these YouTube videos and like one of the things that's really hard on YouTube is content, you know? And I thought, you know, I should film the cookie store. Like that would be so perfect. 
Um, and so we did. And I think the video turned out pretty good. But what we do is like we just basically throw up a, a video on you on uh, Facebook that's like, you know, for the next couple of days over this weekend, we're going to be selling cookies. And of course, all the grandmas and aunts and, you know, friends and stuff, they start ordering cookies. And we go and um, we just buy the, the, the cookie dough. With my with my boys, we actually scratch made all the cookies, and then it turns into a baking lesson instead of a yeah, instead yeah. of a money lesson. So I was like, no, you know, this time we're just gonna we're just gonna do the the pre made dough, and we do the pre made dough. I loan her the money. We talk about how much money it is. I show her, um, and then she puts out the sales video. She makes the cookies. Of course, I'm helping her. Um, we go deliver the cookies. She has to give the cookies to them and take the money and thank them for the business. And there's lots of little lessons that happen in there. You know, you're covering, um, you're covering sales, you're covering customer service, you're covering, you know, just so many things. Um, and we do that. We do that with a lot of things. I think there's a lot of videos that'll come out once I start really kind of thinking about, um, all that stuff. I think we're going to do a lemonade stand one day. But I think it's really important for kids to understand, e even if they don't want to be a business owner, I, I don't have an expectation that my kids need to do that. Sure. The, the thing I try to tell them all the time is you should do something that makes you happy. Yeah. If that's a business, then great. If it's not, that's fine. You also need to be realistic about you're not going to drive a BMW if you, you know, if your passion is like, you know, making coffee at Starbucks, right? Um, nothing against Starbucks, but you know what I'm saying? You, you might drive BMWs less likely. Right. Sure. Um, so I try to teach them everything I know about money. Um, so they'll make better decisions, you know, and sometimes it, it sinks in. Sometimes it doesn't. I, I talked to my, my son about uh, the stock market and S and P 500 and told him if he, you know, he works now. And I'm like, if you put, you know, 15% of every paycheck in, and just bought the S and P 500, you could possibly retire, blah, 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 blah. You know? And it's like one year, in one ear out the other and then like three months later he comes home one day and he's like my friend was telling me about this uh s&p 500 etf and i think i'm gonna start buying some of that and i'm like that's a really good idea <laughs> your your you know 17 year old friend told you about that don't you love that um yeah oh, but i mean i i think if you want to change the world start by parenting your kids <laughs> you know what i mean like that's that's a big deal for me. You know, you, you want to make a difference, start right there. So. I love that. Absolutely love that. You got to lead where you're at today. And if you do that well, then who knows what opportunities might come your way that you can, you can latch onto. Right. And what is your overall purpose in life? I mean, do, do you have, and have you even thought about like what you want to do with your life or, or have you really just, taking advantage of those opportunities that came your way. And I mean, it sounds like you're passionate about family and, and, um, growing a, a pretty big family with some adoptions too, which is cool. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a tough question. Um, thanks for asking that. Um, no, my, my purpose is, is just to, um, to try to be a father and to try to serve where I can. And I think, you know, when I sold my big company, I could have, I could have stopped working then. Right. Um, and I said, you know, I think, I think I'm kind of built to serve and I, there's some more things that I want to go out and try to prove. And 
so I'm not ready to just, you know, go play golf or whatever it is people do when they retire. I bought a fishing boat and I, and I fished for about two or three months, almost every day. Oh, wow. I, one day I said, one day I said, man, I, I got to go do something, you know? <laughs> um, but I mean, I think I'm built to serve. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I, I heard a podcast a few months ago with uh, Damon John, the yeah. Shark Tank guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked him, they said, you know, you could have retired so many times and you're involved in all these businesses. Why? And, and he said, I'm built to serve. And I felt like that really hit home with me. I said, you know, I think that's, I think that's me too, because most of the things I do are service businesses and I'm really, really good at that kind of thing. You know, yeah. I, I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just trying to build, I, I have these cool brands at least they're cool to me i don't know that anybody's going around saying like a propane company or <laughs> trash company is cool yeah. but uh you know to me they're like they're really cool when i when i think about them and i want to build them mm-hmm. you know so i enjoy the process most of it yeah um, i'm trying to build these these great things um that i see in my head i'm trying to bring them to life and it's really rewarding it's hard to explain um people that have done it kind of get it but you do one and you're not like, you know, I want to, re- I want to retire. You're like, I want to do that again. You know, yeah. I want to, and, 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 and if you're me, you're like, I want to do it again. And I want to do like four of them at one time. Wow. And then, and then you're like, what am, what am I doing? You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't think this is, I don't, I don't think I should be doing four of them. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, we have, we have two main businesses right now that, that we um, have to be very involved with and, and, uh, one is the propane business and uh, one is our waste management business. And then I, I have some real estate holdings, stock holdings, and uh, I have a ranch and cattle operation and I take care of my own cows and all that kind of stuff. But um, two businesses that you're actively involved in will keep you pretty busy. So, mm-hmm. uh, Travis, I love, you know, you said built to serve. I absolutely love that. Cause it, you know, to me, leadership, ultimately you got the guys, uh, the the famous leadership minds that talk about leadership being influenced, but you know, to me, the ultimate leadership is service. It, you know, you're 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 serving other people, and I mm-hmm. absolutely love that mentality. What you know, adoption is a really cool form of serving other people. Actually, my wife and I have thought about adopting. What was that like? What what took you down that path? And uh, any advice for people thinking um, about adopting? Oh man, um, that's like a whole can of worms. Um, Just so opened it, man. My, We're opening. Uh, my wife's, yeah, my wife's mother was adopted, uh-huh. and ever since I met my wife, she always said, um, "I want to adopt at wow. some point." You know, it was like for her. I think it was just part of the plan. And so we had our two boys, and she um, wanted to adopt a little girl. So we started kind of going down the road of getting certified and all that. And we got involved with the family and there was two little girls and it was kind of long story short. It ended up being three little girls. It took so long. The the mother actually had another kid and the whole process was maybe four or five years. I mean, it was a long time Um, from the time we got involved to actual adoption um, it was pretty ugly. Um, the, the whole thing with the, the adoption in the state, um, the state's objective is to reunite families. 
it's yeah. not to decide what's best for children, right? Like, it's not like, well, Phil got involved and he's a great guy. So let's choose him. That's not really how it works. Right. They're, they want to reunite that family. Um, so as long as the family is acting like they want to reunite, the state's going to keep trying to do that. Yeah. Um, if you have somebody that's mentally ill, it really makes it hard because sure. they may want to parent their kids, but they are incapable. Right. And the state, for whatever reason, wants to keep giving them opportunities. Um, That's tough. It's got to be a tough. I mean, it sounds like it would be nearly impossible to make a judgment call on that, you know, or, or at least real challenging to know, like, where do you draw the line on too many opportunities? Like, you know. yeah. And, you know, we we said, you know, uh, at a certain point, we just said, you know, um, we're going to do what God wants us you know, to do. That's what we're, I mean, we're going to do whatever purpose he thinks we're supposed to do here. How do we fit into this? Um, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But at this point we're committed to these girls, whether they're permanently in our home or, you know, if we just catch them when mom is doing stuff she's not supposed to do or however that works out, sure. we're just going to keep that door open and, and keep going. Wow. Um, and it, you know, I think our case was pretty unique. Um, I, the advice I would give anybody that's going to get involved in that is um, be aware of what it is you're getting into as far as um, they ask you a bunch of questions when you get certified about what placements you'll take. If you take a placement that the parents' rights have already been terminated, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to end up in adoption, right? If you're like us and you take kids that they just gave you a placement and they have not terminated parents' rights, it could drag out forever. You could be involved for a week or a month or three months and then you're, you never see the kid again. Um, and a lot of that's pretty hard on you. Um, if you get into a long drawn out deal, you need to understand that it could be very costly for you to pay an attorney and the state's going to provide them an attorney for free. So I would just, I would just tell people, you know, talk to somebody that's been through it, make sure you understand the ins and outs because like experiences is what you have, like when all your money's gone, right? Like you've been messing <laughs> with this thing, your heart's broke and all your money's gone. And like, now you're an expert like me. Right. Yeah, um, wow. So I would, I would That's just, wild, I would, man. I would really, really research it. A lot of people, they're like, man, I just want to do that. And I want and I said, you need to understand, like, you're the bad guy, right? Like when you go in there, you're the bad guy. You think you're going in and everybody's going to be like, oh, Travis is here. Like, oh, you know, he saved it, saved the day. But the truth is, it's like, you know, <laughs> that guy is holding us up from reuniting these families. Wow. You know, so. Man, that's wild, man. God bless you for wanting to but do, do that. it. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. People should do it. There's a huge need, man. Like it once you start seeing like the underbelly of all that, you're like, oh my God, there's such a need for people to step in and do something. Yeah. It's crazy. That's really cool. Really, really cool. Wow. You you uh did you grow up in the faith and and a man of faith? What's your faith background? Uh I mean I was always a I was always a Christian. My uncle's a, a non denominational preacher. And so, I mean, I was always, I was always a Christian growing up. Okay, cool. 
Cool. Same here. I'm always curious how, how faith plays a role in people's lives, you know, and, and, uh, it's played a huge role in, in mine and, and does still in every, pretty much every decision I make. But, you know, I really think having, having that solid foundation has just been such an important thing, especially when you go through the hard stuff like that, you know, having, mm-hmm. having that purpose and, and knowing that you're here for a greater reason than yourself. And, and, um, you know, you're, you're a child of God that, that is here for a purpose is, is so huge. And, um, what do you like best of all the stuff that you've done? You've done a whole bunch of stuff. You're, you're leading companies right now. You've started this, this company that ended up being super successful. Do you like buying? Do you like selling? Do you like owning? Do you like operating? I know you, you said you're passionate about serving, but what, what do you like best? Um, well, I'll tell you, I'm really good at selling. Um, I, that's not what I like, but I'm really good at it. Um, I really don't like buying companies. I've bought a few and, uh, it's just hard to buy them, you know, especially today. But, um, why do you say I, that? I enjoy what I'm doing. Well, it, it just depends. Like, what are you buying? You know, are you buying, are you buying a turnaround story? Because here, here's kind of the, the difference, right? Like if I go start a company, the thing that scares everybody is, is, all the unknowns you you hire an employee and they go well what are you going to pay me well i don't uh, you know let me think about that hey well what benefits do i have well i don't know let me think about that you know well do i how many vacation days are there well, i don't know let me think about that you know it's like there's no structure there's nothing yeah, it's like right? building a house and you gotta so, make every little decision right yeah well you know what i always say is like we're building a plane while we fly it and <laughs> i'm i'm really good at that you know, it's like you're running with the ball and we're building the plane while we're flying it and this thing's taking off and we don't even have like, you know, a tail on it. Right. Like, <laughs> so it just really, it really scares people. Like, especially people that spend a lot of time in, in the corporate world, they get kind of spoiled because everything's there. Right. So when you start a business, there's nothing there. It scares everybody. Right. But when you buy a business and it's a turnaround, the scary thing is everything's there. It's on the verge of collapse. And if you misstep, it could collapse, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're buying like some business that doesn't have some like great asset that's holding up the value, right? Like mm-hmm. when there was a business I bought and there was really two key employees holding the whole thing together wow. and we bought it. And about a week into it, the, um, one of the key guys he put in his notice. Wow. And so I had to, I had to go talk to him and like, you know, what's going on. And he had this laundry list of like all this stuff that the previous owner had promised him and never done. And, and, and I was like, you know, those are, those are issues you had with the other guy. Like, give me a little bit of leeway here. Let's see what's going to happen. And I actually, I gave him the phone number of a guy that had been working for me for a long, long time. And I said, look, don't even, don't even believe me. Cause I'm a salesman. Call this guy. He's worked for me for, I think eight years or whatever at the time. And I said, ask him who I am, you know, take the weekend on it and come back and then tell me. And if you still want to quit, like I get it, but you know, you need to know what you're doing here. You know, you need yeah. to know who you're, who you're dealing with. Cause the old guy's gone, right? Like I'm the new guy. Yeah. And so that, that scares me when you plunk down a bunch of money and it could potentially fall apart at any moment. So that's one scenario buying it. The other scenario buying it is you buy a company that's running great and you have to pay through the nose. And as 
soon as every competitor around you finds out, they start sending letters to your customers and just going after you because they're hoping you're going to drop the ball in the transition. So, so buying companies scares me. I, I feel like I can go start something and I can take enough market share to satisfy myself and it's going to cost me less, you know, whether that's realistic or not, I don't know, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I like what I'm doing right now. Um, and I'll tell you why I like it. I own two businesses. Well, I own, I own more than that now, but there's two businesses that I have to be involved with day to day and they end at five o'clock, um, on Friday and they don't start again till 8am on Monday. Well, 6am on Monday. Um, and most weeknights are quiet when I had Texas gathering and we had a crew oil marketing business and, you know, we had a hundred trucks on the road 24 seven and I had six or seven salesmen. Um, I, you know, nine o'clock at night on a Saturday or Sunday, me being on the phone or, you know, being on a conference course, it was not uncommon at all. And so when I sold that business, I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm not ready to stop. And she said, just don't be that guy that works 24 seven. Like, you know, and so I didn't know how smart she was at the time, but I love the situation I have right now because I really get a lot of family time. I get a lot of me time. Um, Obviously I get to go make, you know, bad YouTube videos and, um, (laughs) and I still get to pursue this passion that I have of building great brands. So for me right now, the setup is ideal. I work with really, really good people. Like I really love the people I work with. Um, I've had multiple companies call and try to buy the businesses that I have because they're kind of like the premier business in our area. Like they're the obvious buy. And I'm like, you know, I just really like the people I work with and I don't want to have to tell them I sold the business because I tell people that is really hard. Yeah. Um, especially like like these kind of stories because you're you're building the story like they're following you they're following the story you're telling they believe in you right and then it's like one day you're like hey thanks for all that and uh here's like a bonus right but uh i actually sold it and i'm gonna go do something else right i um, think i'm gonna build a ferris wheel or something right <laughs> and i i just think i think the disappointment is there you know so so yeah i like what i'm doing now i like the hours i like the people it's a great setup, man. I love it. And as on the YouTube, cool like I, I'm, it's so fun. I, I'm having a, I'm having a great time. Well, Travis, super awesome, man. It's been really fun chatting. We're coming up on time here in a little bit. And I'm, I'm super glad we got connected through the GLE network through our, our mutual friend there. And, um, one of the things I like to ask people that come on the show, it's kind of a perspective question for, for, the technology age, right? Cause like, I think how, like how cool it would, would it be if we could see our great grandparents chilling, having conversation together, like, you know, a hundred years, 200 years down the line, who knows who might see this, right? Maybe, maybe your kids, 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 kids could, could potentially see their great, great grandfather, Travis Davis sitting on the GLE podcast what would you leave them with? Do you have any advice if you, if you leave them with one, one, two or three bits of advice that maybe you haven't shared already, or, or even if you have, what would you reinforce that you want them to leave with? I would tell them to subscribe to my YouTube channel. No, <laughs> no I, I, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you two things, uh, one personal and one 
business. And the one I said already is if you want to change the world, start by being a parent to your kids. Um, but the other thing I read, a, I re- I'm pretty sure this came from Charlie Munger, but I read something that he wrote a long, long time ago. And he said, if you want to obtain wealth, continue adding value to yourself. And I've always thought like that is so perfect. Um, and he went on to say, even if your intent is just to have a job, like if you go to your boss and you're like, you know, I taught myself how to do this thing that the company has a need for, like, that's pretty impressive, right? Um, if you want to be a business owner, teach yourself all the things you think that you're bad at. Um, I think people put a wall up and they say, I can't do that. I don't know how. But the truth is, um, you could. You just need to put in the effort. So I would say just continue adding value to yourself. I love it. Love it, Travis. Thanks for coming on, man. Before uh, before anybody leaves, make sure you go subscribe to the My Big Dumb Life channel on YouTube. Travis Davis, thanks for coming on the show, brother. And I look forward to talking again soon. Thank you. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. Go. Go.